You're listening to the DSBC Podcast. For more information, visit us at dsbc.church. Hey everybody, my name is Caleb and I'm here with Jason Fisher. Say hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. Uh, we This is a joint podcast with Desert Springs Bible Church and Heritage Church and we're just kind of processing through as kind of like a digital uh, journal or diary. I know, Jason, you keep a diary. I do. Yeah, it's a daily diary. It has the lock. Yeah, it has a little pen that's attached, you know, with like kind of a sterling silver chain yeah, and yeah, so yeah. forth. Yeah, I've got a couple yeah. like that. That's yeah. nice. So the, the little like music box kind of broke on it, but that's other, a shame. Other than that, it works. Well, Christmas gift idea, yeah, everyone. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. For Pastor Jason. So we're processing through just different stages of kind of our journey through 2020 and 2021. It's like Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah, the different rings of hell. No, I know. <laughs> I see. I like to think of it a little bit more like, uh, you know, Star Wars, A New Hope, Star yes. Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Ah, and Star see, that's Wars, way Return better. Jedi. It's a way better. Yeah. It's a way better analogy. Yeah. So that's we'll just kind of do it in three phases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our last episode, we talked about uh, kind of the opening salvo of COVID and making decisions around how we gather, going online, and would encourage you, if you haven't, to listen to that, because it sets up today's conversation really yeah. well, uh, which is The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. uh, thinking through that season, you know, just kind of thinking about, we March and April was a lot for us about these decisions about our the churches that we lead, how we do things digitally, how we shift worship gatherings, doing Easter online. Yeah, how we're ha- having conversations about it all and trying to lead people in the midst of it. Yeah, but it was primarily, at least I think for us at the time, um, it was it was organizational leadership. Mm-hmm. Right, we're in a crisis. We have to make decisions for health and safety. Yeah, that was kind of it uh, at the time, which was enough. Oh yeah, yeah, tons of yeah. tons of pain. Yeah, and like I'm not like. I'm not wanting to go back to those days. (laughs) But however, uh, by the time we got into, you know, maybe deeper into the summer, it it was kind of like, remember the good old days of COVID? It it was sort of. I remember even video, like there were some funny videos, you know, that were out about like people talking to their former selves or whatever. Oh, yeah. Do you remember remember that? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, They were great. Yeah. Uh, So let's maybe pick up at kind of that Easter season, uh-huh. you know, where we did Easter, we all did our Easter services online. Uh, and then, um, and then George Floyd was killed. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, I remember at the time, at least for me, I remember hearing about Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Yeah. And those were really, for me, very important, but, but it was to some degree, the volume wasn't up very loud on it. Um, because of what was going on with COVID, at, yeah. least, at least in our church yeah. uh, and in kind of the churches here. In I think the volume was probably up louder in other contexts. Of course. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but in our context, it, it was it was not at the time. Right. Uh, but, but Floyd was a, a definitive moment in yeah. my mind. I mean, yeah. we had in Phoenix, uh, which Phoenix is not known for public protest. No. Uh, but right after Floyd was killed, we immediately had massive public demonstrations for days, weeks, I think even months on end. And this is like summertime, you know? Yeah. There was, there was even curfews and stuff. Yes. Right. And so for Phoenix, I I know in other cities that has happened, I know it's happened in Phoenix, but boy, the volume was really loud and and it happened at a frequency and scale and scope that I had not seen. And I, I mean, I was born here. I've never not seen anything like that. I've not either. No. 
So talk about as you're, you know, you're navigating through COVID, you're pastoring a congregation through that season. Talk to me about how kind of after Floyd, like how's that, how did that hit you guys? How did that hit you? How did you guys navigate that? Well, I can speak to how it hit me, you know, and I think I, it, it blindsided me. Mm. Um, I mean, we, I mean, you know, and we can talk, we can get, we can talk a lot about like, you know, um, where we've come from, like, you know, our, where we've grown up and, and our experiences and, and all of that stuff. And, and I'm sure there's, there's all sorts of reasons why I was blindsided by it, but I was, I mean, that's just kind of the honest, honesty of mm-hmm. it yeah. and not, I mean, obviously seeing this as, as, as awful and a horrible injustice, but also like not knowing necessarily how to talk about it. And I remember, I remember it just, it flaring up in ways and, uh, people, people in, uh, in the church where I'm leading it, it just hitting them differently mm. and like in, in various extremes mm. and being very surprised by that. I think that was the big thing I was surprised by is, is how, how people were reacting to it at varying levels. And, um, I, I also like again. This is I think we said last time in our last in our last episode. Like hindsight's twenty twenty. Like yeah. there's a gazillion things I would do differently, and that's certainly true of of these things, you know. But I I um, I remember I remember just like not knowing how to um not not knowing what words were off limits or, or not mm-hmm. in my context, right, mm-hmm. and having having to learn real quick that a lot of things needed definition if I was going to speak to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just a huge learning curve for me. And I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's my age. Maybe it's just my my upbringing or whatever. Um, you know, the uh, but I, I, yeah, just did not know how to navigate that minefield. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Well, uh, I mean, before starting to follow Jesus, I was a neo-Nazi skinhead. So racism is something... I love how you love to just drop that on people. (laughs) I remember the first time... Oh, come on. What do you mean? (laughs) You know exactly what I mean. I remember the first time you said that when you came to preach at Heritage and you just dropped it like that and moved on and everyone in the room was like, hold on. (laughs) Well, you know, that's not a big deal. Yes, it is. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, you know, it is. It's a big deal. Okay, so, so... but yeah. there's a context for this. So you're not just, you're not just flexing in a weird way. It's a, like, I know. You know. I mean, for me, it's, it's, you know, it's no, I hope, I hope I'm not flexing. No, in I know you're not. I, um, although now that I'm 40, most of my flexes are like, uh, Uncle Rico. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Back, <laughs> back when, when I was, yeah. I used to be able to throw a football over that mountain. Uh, <laughs> that's a Napoleon dynamite reference for those of you who are wondering. Yeah. So, so my, in my background, there's, there's not just like subtle racism. I had a very vibrant expression of it. I mean, it was an ideology I totally bought into white supremacy. I mean, I went to, you know, I was part of the club and, yeah. and went to the conferences, so to speak. Yeah. And, um, and so, and, and I'll be glad to talk about that to anybody who's listening. I, I don't have any problem sharing that at all. But for me, because racism is in my background. Yeah. Uh, I've done an awful lot of reading, an awful lot of conversing, an awful lot of thinking about it over the last, I guess now 20 years. 
and so it's a it's a comf- conversation I'm comfortable in. It's it's water that I'm comfortable swimming in. Yeah. Um, it's a field of study for me. Yeah. Uh, and so, and it tethers to where I think some deep convictions I have around uh, the, the local church should be as diverse as possible in its given context yeah. because the kingdom of God is for all nations. And that word nations in the New Testament is the Greek word ethnos uh, most of the time. What sometimes gets translated as Gentile is just usually ethnos which is just other ethnicities or yeah. the ethnic other. So, so I, I, I've got a lot of study in that space, deep convictions. We talk about it all the time at Desert Springs. Uh, I've talked about racism publicly a lot at Desert Springs. So when, when Floyd was murdered, I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I know, I, I felt confident. I know uh, this is an area that we need to keep leading into. Um, and we, we just went after it. And for us, it wasn't a change. It was just we've been already talking about these things and now is a great opportunity to talk about it some more. Yeah. So we did, a, I think it was a six or seven part series on reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So the, the sermon series was not about racism. It was about reconciliation, which is the way we have to move forward yes. in this conversation. Yeah. And because we were in video venue, we, because we were pre-recording all the sermons, uh, I felt like it was a great opportunity to bring in some of my uh, friends who preach, uh, who are people of color. Yeah. I'm like they, they have their own congregations. So I, I would never be able to do seven straight weeks because they have their own, you know, they have their own congregations and organizing that would be a nightmare. So I was jazzed about it. I was like, Oh, this is great. We can, you know, line them up and, and, and my, and the congregation that I love can hear from these friends of mine who I love dearly and, and hear their perspective. And I was excited about it. Um, and I think I was caught off guard with, Some of the response uh, and accusations that started coming in um, around to your statement, there were words that were used that, frankly, I've been using for years. Yeah. uh, That now all of a sudden got couched in different terms. Yes. A a phrase like equity. Yeah. Which is like in the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, When the Apostle Paul. uh, Or or how about a biblical word, justice? Yeah, justice, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. you know, the Apostle Paul uses the language of equity when he talks about the the, Jeris- the offering for the Jerusalem of yeah. famine. Yeah. He uses equity yeah. language, yeah. which I think is really important. Yeah. The, the Jubilee principle in the Old Testament is an equity yeah. piece. Yeah. And justice. Um, so the word social, the phrase social justice mm-hmm. has been used for over 100 years by Christian authors, theologians. Um, and and I've used it yeah. and because it's a helpful term to talk about a type of justice, yeah. you know, not retributive justice or um, maybe like criminal justice or right. environmental justice or social justice. And all of a sudden, those words were being uh, or terms were being kind of redefined mm-hmm. in spaces outside of our church. Or so fast too, like oh. too fast for me. I, I didn't see it coming either. Yeah, yeah. And and being kind of accused of being and, and I remember it like being called like a Marxist. Yeah. Because of using language like that. Uh that really caught me off guard because I felt like it's we had been talking about this as a church. Yeah. So I was I was I felt confident going in. I felt excited going in, like 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 great, another opportunity to talk about, you know, reconciliation around race. This is a huge issue in my opinion in America still. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's deep in our bones. Uh, I'm convinced of it. So it's great opportunity to talk about. And yeah. then I was struck by the kind of oh, some of the negative response that that we saw. Yeah, I just remembered something as you were talking, and this this did not help us at all. 
we, I can't remember why we decided to do this, but we decided we would um, pre-record our service one week. And that was the week that George Floyd was killed. Yeah. And it, it, I think, I think that happened on a weekend. Right. And so we, we pushed play on this pre-recorded service that had been recorded before George Floyd, mm. but the play button was pushed after. And we sounded like, I mean, I just sounded like an idiot. Like tone deaf. Just like, totally yeah. tone deaf. Yes. And I was accused of being tone deaf. Mm. And, and I, and I, I mean, as soon as I found out about George Floyd, I remember filming something in my house and we, you know, posting a video and, and stuff online. But I remember just like, yeah, we're never going to like, it was, it was one of those like, like horrible reminders. Like things are happening so quickly mm -hmm. and changing so fast yep. that even, even pre-recording a service a week ahead of time, it's just, it, it ain't going to fly. Yeah. I remember, and, I remember you guys doing that. Yeah. So that didn't do us any favors, mm -hmm, yeah. you know, in this, in this conversation, as much as I tried to, um, apologize and, and correct, yeah. correct, correct it and correct some things. Um, yeah, that was, that was rough. So you do this pre-recorded, yeah. you know, sermon and you, you come back and try to, you know, explain what's going on, but then, you know, you're, you're pastoring in the throes of, yeah. Uh, a time when our our community, our yeah. city, um, had public demonstrations, protests, uh, threats of riots. Yeah. Even up here, um, kind of in our neck of the woods, there were you know yeah. conversations around what happens if the if there's violence up here. How, how, how were you thinking? What were you noticing as you pastored in that season? Oh man, I think I, I just well, I was noticing once again just the rifts and mm. you know the the division and. I was feeling the pressure um, of either saying too much about it, mm -hmm. about racism and the need for reconciliation and, and just being honest. Like I just, I don't, I don't, I remember, I remember standing in, in, um, in, I think it was, it was being filmed. That's the other, we'll get, we'll get to that. Like the challenge of trying to do this over zoom yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, over yeah. A, with a video camera. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Anyway, I remember I remember on a Sunday morning during a sermon, just be like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And so, because, and it was an honest moment for me. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. Uh, and maybe I, I mean, I know I talked about like the evils of, of racism and the injustice of it, but um, I'm sure in many people's minds, I didn't say enough mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. And maybe I assumed too much as well. Like, you know, uh, that, Hey, we all agree on this, right? Right. <laughs> you right, know? Right, right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that there, that was a fault of mine, but I remember, you know, saying, I don't, I don't know what to say. And so I just, I just want to listen. I just want to hear from people who, for whom this is far more real, you know, like, like a real experience. This is their life, uh, of, of experiencing this. And, um, you know, I think we've all experienced some level of ostracism and, and feeling like we're on the outside, but I do think that there are people in our culture who feel it far more yes. than I have. And, uh, but even that like, wasn't enough, you know, mm -hmm. it just wasn't enough for yeah. people. And I felt intense pressure, um, right or wrong when people were like, yeah, the church isn't doing this or the church isn't doing that. I felt like they were saying, you're not doing this. Did you feel because like, of the whole like camera thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even more the than talking that, head. Yeah. 
And, and then the, about the other talking heads that they're watching. Okay. Yeah. So that was a whole other big thing, right? Like there were, I'm sure that I know there are people in my church who had no idea that you were pivoting and doing this whole series on, on reconciliation and bringing in preachers, you know, these other people of color who, who have, who can speak better to it than you or I could. Mm-hmm. Right. They had no idea. All they thought was that, you know, it's, it's these hyper right wing, you know, evangelical talking heads online mm-hmm. um, that were just so off putting and so polarizing in the way that they were speaking to where I had people in my church who like thought that that's, that's evangelicalism now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember having, you know, trying to have conversations like, no, that's not it at all. Like you should know, like we're uh, these other churches in the Valley and, and how we're trying to work together and, and be a part of this movement towards restoration and reconciliation. But yeah, nobody online was doing us any favors. No, no, no. <laughs> and I, I remember feeling strongly as I was hearing things come back to me, you know, accusations or critiques, there was a kind of a, um, there was a sense in which they sound, some of them sounded similar. And I started thinking, where is this all coming from? And one of the things that I realized was I, for many people that I thought I was pastoring, I was no longer their primary pastor. Yep. Some, someone else, some entertainer or commentator or politician, politician, yep. They were giving, you know, that person or people were speaking into their lives 10, 20, 30 hours a week. That's right. And then I might have, you know, 30 minutes a week, so to speak. And I I was thinking, oh, I'm their pastor. But it really came down to is there's another pastor speaking. There's another shepherd in their life. Yeah. And I'm not co-signing that shepherd's rhetoric or, you know, position. And so therefore I'm... I felt like I was pitted against someone that I've never met before. Well, and, and I mean, let's just call it what it is. If, if I'm, if I'm buying into this other voice and you, my pastor are saying something different then you're the heretic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember somebody, I, I, somebody said this great line. I'm going to try to remember it. It was something to the tune of, um, we've got many people leaving their churches because it doesn't align with their political preferences. Yeah. But how many people are leaving behind their political preferences because it doesn't align with their church? Yeah. And that, that's a strong, that's a, yeah, that's, uh, a, cre- that's just a strong tool to use on myself. Yes. Right? Uh, if the majority of the people in my congregation were different than me, mm-hmm. as it related to my partisan preferences, would, would I leave? Yeah. Or would I stay? That was a good critique for me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, I remember, um, bringing in different people, uh, to talk about these things uh, on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. Like we had kind of a conversations around things. I remember Danae coming in Mm -hmm. and talking about idols and, and just how, how things like this expose idols in our Mm -hmm. hearts. Mm -hmm. And, I get it. Like no one wants to hear that. Right. You know, <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, no one, no one wants to hear. I don't want to hear that. I have idols in my life yeah. because the very, the very definition, the very nature of an idol is that it makes me feel good mm. and it gives me what I want, even though it's also enslaving me, mm-hmm. you know, and keeping me from really truly, uh, finding who I am and my identity in Christ and, yep. and my rootedness in him. And, uh, and so that's, that's tough too, 
you know, I think, I think the, the nature of the things that we had to talk about Mm -hmm. just made it so that we had to be a little more prophetic in the way that we were speaking. Yeah. And again, I did not nail that at all, but even just talking about things Mm -hmm. that, and so that was, that was, that was disrupting for me too. I don't know that I've ever experienced on that level, like nudging what I would consider some idolatry in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And the, like, and I I know it's like the way, so I guess here's what I would encourage anybody who's listening, because I'm saying this from my own experience too. If you feel yourself getting really, really angry, really quickly about something or, or disrupted very easily or impassioned in some way, Mm -hmm. like follow that thread, follow that emotion and don't be surprised if you find something other than Christ at the end of it. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Yeah, I think like the issue of racism, right? Uh, there, There's this power behind even saying the word out loud. Yeah. People uh, in this context, uh, in majority culture, so like white people mm-hmm. uh, in this context, there, there's this tension around it so so for instance like if if you and i get up on a sunday and we're like hey church uh we have a sin problem yeah and we need to repent and and turn to jesus yeah it's like yeah amen pastor yeah and if we said and that sin in this community is the sin of greed we're we're consumers and we're cap you know the capitalistic free market is is shaping us just to be consumers amen pastor yes yes where are the ashes so i can go sit in that's right (laughs) it's exactly right yeah and and we church family we we have a we have a uh, we've got a sin problem and it's the sin of lust i mean the magazine racks at the grocery store and oh amen pastor amen pastor amen pastor you get up on a sunday you say church we got a sin problem yeah and it's the sin of racism how dare you? We don't need to talk about that. Like, that, why even bring that up? You're just, you know, in this kind of angry response at, at raising a concern around a sin. Yeah. Speaks to its present power over us. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, if, 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 if I get called greedy, I kind of shrug my shoulders about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm greedy. Yeah. If I get called a racist, I feel a deep degree of shame raginess. I mean, there's all this stuff that goes on in me and, and that needs to be explored. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I saw so many people doing was defending themselves. Yeah. And I think that the mature response of a Jesus follower is I'm not above it, mm-hmm. whatever the issue is. Mm-hmm. And any of, yeah, and, any and, of this stuff, like anything. Yeah. And while you may not be correctly diagnosing me, my own heart. Yeah. I don't think I can correctly diagnose my own heart. So I need to pray the prayer of the Psalms, which is Lord search me and know me. Yeah, that's right. That's good. And I think that that's when I feel myself getting real defensive. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you, man. Like the, the right thing I think to do is to chase that down. Yeah. And I, I think I was struck by how much of that uh, I saw in my own heart. Oh my, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's so much just personally that I'm, still working out mm-hmm. and figuring yeah. out like, why did I, you know, as I'm getting accused, why did I get so defensive mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and trying to follow that thread, right? you know, and like you said, chasing that down. Yeah. Um, none of us are above it. Right. Above anything. Uh, like any it, of it. <laughs> this is where I, I love this, right? So, um, a, 
if all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. Right. Which is like your Bible says that. Yeah. It's uh, somewhere that, in there. That every way of the human heart is wicked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then how could I dare say <laughs> I'm above? I, I could never do that. Right. What hubris would that take? Yeah. And again, it's not fun having sin, you know, an accusation of sin levied against you, but but it is important for us to chase that down. Yeah. I think the hard part, Jason, was we were all doing this through a screen. Yeah. So yeah, that's where my mind was going earlier. Do you think like, how, how would this have been different if, if you were somehow to remove COVID from the equation, you know, and we could all get into a room together and have these discussions and conversations? Bro, I am convinced, and maybe this is naive of me. I'm convinced that if you would have taken any of the painful issues that we navigated, in you just take it in isolation. You put it in the normal times, right? yeah, in the before yeah. times. <laughs> in the before. I think it would have been weathered, and here's why. So you take the racism conversation, right? So I I, uh, I would have gotten up the week, you know, the week after Floyd, said everything I said. I, I don't regret any of it. Um, but but maybe the, the distance between what was said and what was heard that gets cleared up in the lobby. Yes. That, you know, somebody comes up to me, they say, hey, yes. Pastor Caleb, we've known each other for 10 years. Uh, I love you. You love me. You've been in my house. Hey, did you, were you saying that being white is a sin? Yeah. No, dude. Yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. I miscommunicated. Here's what I was saying. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. What ended up happening though was, is when I was either uh, unclear or there was maybe a distance between what was said and what was heard, um, there wasn't that real quick hey, did you mean this? Instead, yeah. it kind of festered, I think. Let me ask you something, Caleb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever sort of been at odds with a person or maybe somebody said something you don't agree with and then you have a uh, make-believe conversation with them in your mind for the next 10 minutes? I'm doing it with you right now. <laughs> I, yeah, all the time. <laughs> Every- we all do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like and, and dare I say it like, it gets to it gets to blows. Oh yeah, in our minds, yes. in our imaginations, man. I think that's an that 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 epidemic really showed itself in this season, where when you're not with somebody, you just start making up stories about them. Yes, and it happens through these false conversations, these fake confrontations that we have. Yes, and it just spins out of control. And then I've even had like the wonderful blessing of having that in my mind towards someone. I, I admittedly, like I'm, I'm not above that. And walking into a room and that person's there and it just melts away. Yes, yes, yes. That, and again, I think in isolation, right, yeah. any of these things could have been, it, it wouldn't have been easy and it wouldn't have been perfect. But no. It would have not no. been such a, I think there would not have been so much break of relationship. Even if we ended up saying, hey, yeah, we're going to be at different churches. Okay. You know, like that's, that's, that, that may have happened. Yeah. But I think the way that it went down would have been better. Yeah. Um, Because people, you know, redeploy to different churches all the time. Yeah. Um, But there's healthy ways to do that where you're leaving on good terms. And Mm -hmm. next time you see the person in the grocery store, it's cool. Yeah. uh, I I think there's... You're not pretending to read the nutrition information on the back of a (laughs) can of beans. Yeah. Yeah. Move the cart past you, which I would never do that. Never. Never, never, never. (laughs) But, But I do think that that lack of human contact really made that season exponentially more um, uh, violent to our relationships. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Jason, just thinking about that, 
season, right? We, we navigated through the summer and maybe we'll just kind of finish up talking about, by the by the way, I, I like, would like to just say like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this subject justice. Oh no, no, you no, know, no, no, like, no, no. Like, let's just no. let the, let the hearer understand. Yes, yes, we, yes. we are just, we're just kind of throwing up our feelings here yeah. uh, and so forth. So we're but, leaving, we're leaving a lot out and it's a good certainly not addressing the issues here. No, I think, which maybe we will do someday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably not in this, this format. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Thank you for saying so. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, what were you going to so say? Just coming, out, coming out of that summer, uh, we were faced then with now a challenge of when is it the right time to regather? Mm -hmm. Tell me about how you navigated that. I don't even remember, man. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm, I, I, I feel like, like when I think about that time, it just was a, it, it was just sort of a quagmire of conversations around masks and regathering yeah. and having to make these impo impossible feeling decisions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't remember, honestly, yeah. like I remember I sort of remember, you know, obviously as, as an elder board, we're having these conversations, like none of these decisions were made in a, by an individual, mm -hmm. you know, in a vacuum yeah. or anything as a staff, you know, we're having all these conversations and trying to make decisions together. And, um, I, I remember, I think, I think, you know, just in my own heart, like I wanted to get, I wanted to get back together just because yeah. of yeah. feeling the pain of the separation particularly with all the racial unrest and, and everything that was going on. Um, I, I, I just wanted to be able to see people's faces again, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I'm sure that I was more of the like, yeah, let's get together. Let's, let's band together. And honestly, like in our situation, our context, like people were getting COVID, but they were recovering and I hadn't really known anybody who had it severe or, or, you know, really, uh, or had died from it at that point. Um, yeah, mm. I know your situation was different. I know yeah. We, was we different. did have in our congregation, some, some people die from it yeah. or uh, die with it or from it. Yeah. Um, we had people who really did have it and it was kind of touch and go there for a bit. Yeah. Or, you know, we thought we were maybe going to lose somebody. So that was a factor, but then also this, I remember desiring to like regather, but also regather the right way and, yeah. and feeling confused as to what that was. Cause I remember there were so many different lines of thinking around what's even healthy, what's safe for your people, how to do it. And, yes. You know, frankly, it was like, we were getting some input from the federal government, some input from the State. executive branch versus, yeah. you know, it, CDC state was different. County was different. I mean, at one point in time, yeah. there were four different directives, federal, county, state, and city. Yeah. Cause the Phoenix was different than Arizona, which yeah. was different than Maricopa, which was different than federal. And yeah, it was just layer on layer. And you're like, what do we, yeah. Yeah. And you, you read the Bible and it's like, obey yeah. the law. And you're like, well, which one, <laughs> right. right? Which, which, well, you read the Bible and says, greet each other with a holy kiss. Well, and you're like, well, yeah. Uh, good point. Good point. But still, you know, you're trying to you're trying to live as the Bible says. You know, according to the law, as long as it doesn't contradict God's law. I think. Yeah. Well, and the other one too, like the big one, was like 
what's a loving thing to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know about you. I've, that, I mean, that's a really important question to mm-hmm. ask. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, think, do you think that that was misused? Uh, I would say I was just confused. The way we framed it was what's the wisest, most loving decision we can make based on the information we have at the time. Yeah. And the information we have at the time was there was divergent information yes. based on where you're getting it from. Yes, that's right. So it really depended on like which source do you trust? Uh-huh. Which, which si- part of the government do which you trust? Which science do you trust? Which science do you trust? And I'm a like pastor. <laughs> like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what like science is. You know, like, I just want to pray with people yeah, I mean, and I, lead a Bible study. You I don't, know, little old me. Uh, yeah. I don't know what a molecule is or an atom. Like, I don't know what, I don't well, know. You stuff. need to go to school then. Cause <laughs> that's basic stuff. Well, <laughs> the only atom I know is in Genesis. Yeah. You know? I, so, so I remember feeling, and, and even within our, our leadership, uh, we, I think by and large, we were unified, but confused. Yes. We want to do the wisest, most loving. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I feel that. I feel that. What is that? Yeah. Right. Because there's a sense in which it's like, man, people are alone and need to be together. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with that. Yeah. And then some people are at risk, and we need to protect them. Yeah. Totally agree with that. I I, that brings up a point too. I think that's when I started to like kind of go, yes, the 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 physical dangers of COVID are important, and Mm -hmm. we need to Mm -hmm. we need to consider that. But the mental and emotional dangers of isolation are equally as bad. And so how do we like, to your point, Mm -hmm. like how do we navigate that and try to try to meet people where they're at? Yeah. I, I think for me, um, that, that actually came to a head early on, uh, in May when there were public demonstrations. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I was with some pastors and and the conversation was, Hey, things are getting really, heated downtown. And in our congregation, we, we would have people who, um, were in some of these, you know, there was, when there was confrontations downtown, there was the the, kind of the police side. And then there was kind of the the protest side. And in our congregation, we had people on both sides. We had some police officers and then we had some people who were uh, making public demonstration. And we actually had some police officers who said, yeah, if I wasn't on duty, I'd be on the other, you know, on the other side of it too. So again, a very complex issue, but I remember meeting with some pastors and we said, we, we want to be a peaceful presence in that space. And yeah. I'm, I'm totally committed. To that. I think, I think Jesus would be on the streets yeah. and cause he modeled that for us. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to be there too. But I remember feeling the, the conflict of, well, wait, this is a like mass of people, you know, very close proximity. And of course it was outside, but it was still like in the throes of that early phase of COVID. And I remember wrestling with, well, which one's the greater risk. Yeah. And I remember making the decision at least in, mind at the time that's more important for me to go yeah. and be there just for me personally that was my that's where i was at um than it is to not yeah and different people made different decisions i'm not trying to say yeah. that those were right or wrong but i remember feeling the tension of well yeah what's wise what's the wisest most loving decision i can make based on this information because all that information was so yeah confusing disturbing sometimes contradictory mm-hmm. and that it was just decision after decision after decision after decision that was in that same space. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I fully agree with that. I think, yeah, I think, I think there's just this uh, need to like having to prioritize Mm -hmm. things and you know, it's, it's almost, there were times where it felt like an impossible choice. Yeah. 
Yes. You know, they're like, there's right. right. Like which, which is maybe going to be more painless right? and, or, or more, you know, less risky mm-hmm. or, I mean, I think we, I think we have decisions like that throughout our lives, but that was like, that was just very, very obvious a time yeah. when it was just, it didn't seem like you could really make the, the favorable choice mm-hmm. yeah. in some ways, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think for those that are maybe uh, dear listener who's listening to us kind of process through this, we've raised an awful lot of really important, but really difficult uh, topics and conversations. And my encouragement to you would be uh, is to really cling to Jesus, uh, to really rely on the Holy Spirit as you continue those conversations in ways that exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, I think that for any Jesus follower, um, the answer is not to avoid difficult conversations. The answer is also not to feel shame and fear around them, but yeah. rather to enter into those spaces humbly, uh, approaching one another who is different than us uh, with curiosity instead of suspicion and really committing to uh, exhibiting the fruit of the spirit in, in those difficult spaces. Yeah. And, and even as we're all remembering our decisions, mm-hmm. uh, even as we were talking through that, I started feeling, Jason, as you were, and as we were talking right now, I started feeling some fear and shame. Yeah. And I need to process those memories. And I want to encourage you, listener, to process those memories of that season yeah. uh, through the good news of Jesus. Yeah, the good news and, and the grace of Jesus, yeah. you know, that we, we are in constant need of forgiveness and restoration. And I know that there are times when I hold on to shame. I'm actually, in a way, rejecting the forgiveness mm. that's being offered to me yeah. because I'm unwilling to forgive myself. And, and that's hard. Yeah. Uh, but so I think I think you're right, Caleb. That Galatians five list of these fruits of the spirit is so good to uh, to lean into and to press into. So yeah. it's a good word. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jason, yeah. uh, and thank, thank you, you, listeners. And we hope to do, I think, one more of these um, when we talk about. I know I'll share Return of the, the Jedi. Yeah, the Return of the Jedi, the yeah. third episode. So, looking forward to uh, doing that with you, Jason. Yep. Same here. See y'all later. <laughs>